In this restaurant, the food is going to be the show, along with the atmosphere, Walt Disney. Established in 1967, this dining experience transports guests to New Orleans to enjoy dinner under a starlit sky while sounds of crickets and frogs are heard faintly in the distance. Always one of the most in-demand tables at the park, it is an iconic dining experience, all thanks to the kitchen, who manages to turn over close to 300 guests per hour. This week on Slice of Disney, Chef Laura from the Blue Bayou. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life box on Chopped. Because I got a lot of stuff in me and not much of it makes sense. <laughs> oh, I got it now. I was like, um, I don't get it at all. That's it's okay. Good... I made up the rationale uh, right after I said it. So I like it. I like Thank it. Thank you. I've been I mean, watching a lot of Chopped lately. Oh, I love Chopped. I actually, if I'm going to sit down and just like turn on random television, I, but that's also kind of a lie because I also finish full seasons of all these shows too. Uh, I watch a lot of cooking TV. Uh, which is great for today's episode. It's perfect. So we're super excited today to have Chef Laura Penulosa come on and talk to us about being a chef at Disney. She works at Blue Bayou, the restaurant in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and we get to find out all the things. Yeah, she uh, she seems super cool. She also does like distance teaching, uh, which is another interesting thing. How do you how do you do uh, cooking through a computer screen? So we're hoping to learn a little bit more about that too. And before we talk to her, um, I have to freak out just for a second because I'm so excited because I'm one step closer to going to Disney World, even though it's going to be very crowded. I don't care. I will be vaccinated and have my mask and I won't care because Disney magic will be everywhere. (laughs) And then also my home is opening back up. I saw that announcement. What's the what's the date on it? So... April 30th, Disneyland is going to reopen only to California residents. Mm. I feel like, feel very lucky to be in that exclusive club of like millions and millions of people. Uh, (laughs) But I know it's going to be so impossible. So um, they, before they open, they, you know, they're doing the Touch of Disney thing at California Adventure. It's kind of a food festival, but rides won't be open yet. And Yes, you know, I'm going to that and it took me like forever to get the tickets. I mean, I waited, you had, I had like my phone had multiple browsers open. And I had it on my computer and you have to leave it all open. Finally, I got them. Then to get a reservation at a restaurant was a whole other separate day where you had to do the same thing. You had to sit for like seven hours and stare at a browser. Did you get one? I a, did. A restaurant reservation? Where'd you get a reservation at? I got it at Carthay Circle, which is not where I wanted it. I really wanted at the, um, I really wanted it at the Lamplight Lounge. Mm. That I love Lamplight Lounge. I love the atmosphere. I love the cast members who work there. So I was just really n- nothing to knock the cast members that live at, or that work at Carthay Circle. You better not, because you're going there. <laughs> so you know, and it's word's gonna get around. <laughs> but but yeah, it's like this whole thing, 
and it took so long to get these tickets slash just a dining reservation. I'm terrified of these bots that are going to be getting all of the tickets to go to Disneyland. Like, how do I compete with a bot? You uh, you pay the bot enough money to get you a ticket. Boo, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you we like to think that it's bots. I mean, it might not be. It might just be that high in demand. So I guess it definitely we'll see. It's also very high in demand. So it's going to be yeah. quite an experience just trying to get a ticket to go to Disneyland. Absolutely. And now that we're thinking of Disneyland, uh, why don't we go ahead and invite our very, very special guest, Chef Laura. Yay! Okay, so today we are so lucky because we have Chef Laura with us today. She uh, not only is a female chef, which is already an incredible accomplishment, she's also a chef at Disney. So welcome, Chef Laura. Thank you. Uh, we are really excited to have you and hear about your story. Before we get to the Disney, like I just said, being a female and being a chef is honestly legendary. Uh, <laughs> it is so hard, and I am already bowing to you for that. What is your experience? What is your journey into becoming a chef? Sure. So I always knew I wanted to be a chef growing up. Uh, the first thing I would ask my mom when I woke up for the morning was what's for dinner. And she'd say, you haven't even had breakfast yet. What are you doing? <laughs> but it's just, you know, I think we all love food. And then especially chef personalities, you love the thought of food and you know, the adventure it's going to be, if that makes any sense. So <laughs> I've always loved Disney. And I always wanted to be a chef, but my life path didn't take me that way. I ended up working for my county and I eventually became the supervisor of the sheriff's report desk um, area. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. Very different. Yeah. But I went through some life changes and I went through a divorce and I, I kind of sat there and reflected and said, you know, I've always, I'm here at the sheriff's report desk taking calls thinking, what would it have been like if I could be like Gordon Ramsay? And finally I thought, you know, my whole life is changing. And I'm still young. So why Why can't I do what I want to do? It's not too late. I only have one life. So I went back to college and it wasn't easy, but I went through culinary school and I took the initiative to do some crazy things. Like I flew to Paris. Um, I got a really good deal. And <laughs> I, I went to Lake Cordon Bleu and took some classes there. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I just started doing these things. And once I got my ServSafe certification, I had some experience under my belt. I, another crazy idea. I don't live in Anaheim. I live what three hours away in Bakersfield. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to work for Disney. Why not? <laughs> so I kind of did my interning there and I, I applied and they hired me and you have to go through like three different interviews, but it was a great decision. And, and it was just fulfilling some of my lifelong dreams. Wow. I, I shot a movie in Bakersfield and lived there for a while. That is definitely quite a drive. <laughs> yeah so i am still in bakersfield right now and um right now i'm currently teaching students online and so i'm i'm teaching culinary arts right now but um yeah i just i don't mind the commute because it's worth it to work where you want to work totally and uh yeah. i don't know i know that's a little crazy but to me it's no big deal and i mean after you've flown to europe and stuff and that's like 10 13 hours a few hours is not a big deal. Especially when it's for something you love, which clearly you do. What is it like teaching students how to cook online? 
it's a little crazy. It's a little different, but you know what I've been doing? I made up some waivers because if they don't know how to cook, they're high schoolers, mm -hmm. you know, it's not really safe to have them working with fire and knives and yet they kind of need to do that stuff. So I made up some waivers and the parents who agreed that their kids could cook from home through the computer with me, um, I make lab kits. And so they're losing a little bit of learning because I'm measuring and cutting everything for them, but they're still learning and having real life stuff because then through the computer, I'll show them what to do and they'll imitate me and plate, you know, they'll do plating, like what you see at nice restaurants where they make your food look artistic. And so it's been great because it's something real in a time when almost everything is kind of not real, not tangible. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I actually took a, uh, over over the holiday, I took a um, cooking class, a virtual cooking class with, uh, with my sister as part of like a Christmas gift type thing. And I, you know, it, at first it was like, oh, this is going to be challenging because the person isn't here to, to point us in the right direction and stuff, but it ended up being like one of the most fun things we've done. So like, I can imagine that would be super valuable for, for high school students too. Cause even if you are just learning like the basics of these flavors kind of go with this and this is how you, you know, you, you will knife skills can come at a later date or something that I, th I think that that's really cool. And I would have loved it as a high schooler myself. Thank you. That sounds awesome. What you guys did this summer. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, so you also had mentioned that you love Disney. Uh, and obviously like a lot of our audience does too. Um, where <laughs> did that, when did that start? Um, and like, and, and, and what was the earliest kind of forms of, of you feeling like, you know what, this is the kind of thing that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Well, my mom kind of ingrained that in me. I had four brothers and sisters, two brothers, two sisters. I'm in the middle. Oh, wow. And um, my mom, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but we would save up all year so that we could go to Disneyland once a year. And for a family of five kids, that's, that's quite a lot of saving, but we would go every year. We'd bring peanut butter sandwiches, you know, pack our lunches, eat in the back of the car, you know, between playing at the park. We never ate inside the park. We didn't get souvenirs, but we got to have that experience as a family and go on the rides. And so that was just instilled in me very young. And then of course, you know, we watched all the Disney movies that came out. We had all the VHS tapes when those were all the rave and it's just Disney on is so special. And I, I hear people say to me like, Oh, Disneyland, you know, that's for little kids. And I say, no, it's not because we can go and we can not have to worry about all the ugly and hard things that are a part of our real life. We can actually just relax and enjoy the magic. Oh my God. I agree. <laughs> as the, as the, uh, resident, uh, skeptic of some of that, I actually agree with that too. I think people that kind of hate on it are people that just haven't had a chance to really go or haven't been, um, to really appreciate it. Cause that was kind of my situation too. I wasn't a hater, but I was like, Oh, this, I don't know that that's for me. And then I went and I was like, there is just something that's so like appealing to be able to go in there and say, I'm here for the next eight hours and I get to just kind of enjoy myself and not worry about the stressors. It's kind of a contained fun. Um, and they do such a great job with all different aspects of it there that it totally, it totally sweeps you away and, and, and you have a great time with it. I, and that's the nicest that's thing you'll true. hear me say about it, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Um, I, you said earlier, you know, that you just kind of went from going off to Paris and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to apply at Disney. What was that experience applying for Disney like and that initial um, working there process? So it was kind of just didn't seem real in my mind. And my friends and family were like, why are you even, you know, applying? That's crazy. There's no reason to do that. You're not going to drive that whole way. You're not going to move down there. 
And I said, well, this is just something I want to do. Let's just see what happens. I don't have to make hard, fast decisions. And so <laughs> I applied and you have to apply online. And it asks you a lot of questions about your personality. I think Disneyland is looking for people that are very energetic, very enthusiastic, and just able to keep up with fast, fast pace and have good customer service. So I answered the questions and then I got an email that they wanted to do a um, interview in person. And that was quite a drive, but I did it. I was still finishing up my culinary arts degree at that time. So I told my, my teachers, I need to drive down to Anaheim. I have to miss class. And they were very supportive. So I did that. And when I went to the interview, there were four men. So you're right. There's not a lot of female chefs. <laughs> <laughs> there were four uh, men. There was one French chef. Uh, I, I don't remember his name now, but they interviewed me. They were all the, the top chefs there. And I thought usually when you apply as a chef, they have, they give you like a mystery basket and you have to create something on the spot. So I was ready. I was, I had already won a couple chopped competitions in Bakersfield. So I was That's ready great. for that, but they didn't. <laughs> they just asked me questions and I answered. And, and the thing is anybody can work at Disney because they'll train you and cross train you. Um, but because I had my degree in culinary and my certifications, I feel like it was easier for me to get that job because the people that I worked with did not have culinary experience. So that helped me out. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's great. And so once they said, yes, we're Disney, we love you. Uh, what was what happened next? So they made me wait a whole day before they gave me the response <laughs> because they wanted to interview other people. So that was nerve wracking. And I thought, oh, am I crazy for no, at least, you know, at least I got to walk around and hear the music. But what happened next was um, I, I wanted to work at Club 33. That's where I wanted to be a chef, but they didn't have an opening. So they said, well, we will let you work at Blue Bayou. And then well, my ears are falling down. <laughs> well, okay. we'll let you work at Blue Bayou. And then the kitchens are adjacent to each other. One's upstairs, one's downstairs. So you can always cross train and, and get into that later on. Oh, and I mean, I have to imagine because Club 33, um, we did an episode on it, but it's the, you know, exclusive members only club. But Blue Bayou is also, you know, very hard to get into. It's the restaurant that's within Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, for those of you listening, that restaurant is great. It is so good. Did you, uh, in, how long did you work there? So I started working there in 2018. And then I started teaching in 2020. I think, I think those are, I don't know the, I don't remember off the top of my head, the exact dates, but give or take that's the range. And yeah, the cool thing about Blue Bayou is when I was there, they changed the menu. Ah. And so we made it better, even more, even better. And I think when you go to Blue Bayou, you're mostly paying for the ambiance because it is fine dining. It is more expensive. So you have that ambiance of the Pirates of the Caribbean and the crickets and the lights, but we changed the menu so that that was more worthwhile for your buck too. And the menu was fantastic. Um, and at Blue Bayou, we actually serve 300 guests per hour on average. So it's very high paced. The kitchen is very small. There's a lot of people crammed in there. Oh, wow. How many people's in the kitchen? I want to say maybe eight to 10 of us were cooking. And then the servers, there's, there was at least five servers and you're all kind of like really close to each other. Uh, there's some very hot areas in the kitchen, obviously. Mostly I, I got to work the pantry 
uh, as a pantry chef, which is where I would do the salads, the desserts, the creme brulee, you know, use the torch and burn the sugar on that. And then we'd take turns and cross train where we could do, um, be the expediter where you send out the plates, you garnish them, you make sure they're perfect, you clean off the rim. And then sometimes we would switch where I got to do like the, the ovens and we'd bake salmon and we'd bake the steaks and set up surf and turf and stuff like that. You said they changed up the menu. Uh, I'm curious, like, did they, what, any, anything that you were like super stoked to add to it? Uh, like, what, what's your, I guess I haven't been to Blue Bayou, but it is only because I just don't go to Disney that much, but I, it would definitely be on my list of ones I'd want to go to because it's definitely my style of food. Um, like, so what is the thing that I should get um, if I go? Well, if you go, then it needs to be your birthday, even if it's not your birthday, because <laughs> we have special birthday treats okay. only for people whose birthday it is. Perfect. Good to and, know. Uh, <laughs> so that's something you should get. We did come up with a brand new strawberry dessert, and it was it was really fancy. It was just like cake with strawberries and syrup. But um, I think my favorite thing was they had this calamari plate, and it, you actually got served like a whole octopus. And I have a, a nine-year-old son who actually loves that. He had it when he was, what, six. And also they started getting more elevated dishes. So like making sauces to go with the foods. Like we had a green cilantro sauce that they made to go with the chicken and pour it over the rice. And it just really elevated the dish and made it that much more. But I would say you definitely want to try the jambalaya. Yeah, and yeah. it needs to be your birthday so you can get that special birthday treat. Uh, that you're... you're... <laughs> You're uh, saying all the right things. I love a jambalaya. It's one of my favorite dishes. So, well, that's great. I'm your difficult guest, and I apologize. So, I I have a weird, severe allergy. So every time I've been, I'm like, I'm allergic to corn, which means like no corn products. And every time I've been to Blue Bayou, unfortunately, I wasn't able to eat like any of the things that were on the menu. This might have been before y'all changed it. I'm not sure. But they always were very accommodating. It would make me a very special meal. And then it was fun because the chef, I'd be like, he'd be like, what flavors do you like? Or, you know, and I'd be like, uh, this. And then they would come up with something. Did you have a lot of difficult guests? I would say, I wouldn't say they're difficult guests. I would say that there's guests who have special needs. Wait, a guest who have, yeah, special needs in a way because it's not the guest's fault if they have allergies. <laughs> and what I really liked about Blue Bayou and Disney in general is that they took allergies very seriously. People can die from allergies. It's a very serious thing. So when when the waiter or waitress heard from, the, well, actually they're pr very proactive. They will ask you, do you have any allergies we should be aware of? And then at that point you would probably say corn. And so then they give you their own special separate menu now. They have a menu that's allergy-free, no wheat, no eggs, no dairy. So it's safer. And then in the kitchen, there's one person that prepares that special dish and it's separate from everything else. And they put little skewers that say, you know, this is an allergy plate, you know, make sure that this is not cross-contaminated. They take it out separately from the other plates. And so they really take those allergies seriously I, as they should. I appreciate hearing that from, uh, the other side of it that it really is as serious as they tell me they're taking it you know but I don't always know <laughs> I mean I guess I know I haven't gotten sick so <laughs> that's true that's good and also that uh it seems like it's very understanding on the other side on the kitchen side too because I'm sure I'm sure there's some places like I, I mean probably not a, a lot but you know I think if you have the allergy you're always like I'm worried that I'm like 
adding extra stress to someone's day for them to have to think about me. Or at least that's how I would feel about it. I don't know about you, Kelly. Um, but it's good to hear that everyone's like, no, 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 we want to accommodate and make sure that we're doing this the right way. And that's why we have all this stuff put into place. So that's great. I'm excited. That's good to hear. Did you enjoy having um, the busy days? Where, like, Did you like the extra stress or was it always busy or did you like when it was a little slower? So it's definitely slower in the mornings and the rush hour is obviously when the restaurant actually opens, people come in for lunch and dinner and it's, it's pretty fast paced. I love the rush and I think most chefs feel the same. I feel like chefs, like a lot of us chefs are also drummers because we just have all this energy and we're hyper. And so when you get a rush, you get to like, it's like, it's fun. It's like a contest. Like how fast can I go? How good can I do this? And for, I, I know that's kind of weird, but for me, I love the rush. It like makes my adrenaline pump. And I'm like, I'm going to get everything out. I'm going to be fast. All the customers are going to be happy. And I just love it. And it makes the time go quick too. All of a sudden you're done. And then you start feeling that, oh, my feet are tired. <laughs> but during it, it's so fun. You're, so you're also a drummer? Yes, but I, I've met a lot of chefs and most of them are drummers too. I just feel like we're really energetic. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I can, Thank you. I can see that as uh, as someone that was in band um, I and that has worked a little bit in the in, in the uh, hospitality industry. Um, I can definitely see some crossover there. You have to be good um, with your hands with both. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I want to hear, so... Do you, I know COVID came, which hurt the culinary industry a lot. So it's really awesome that you have a wonderful job during this time. Do you have plans on going back to Disney? Probably not. And the reason is I didn't work there for the money, but I do need money. So <laughs> with Disney, <laughs> I mean, I need to survive. So with Disney, okay you have two types of people either people work there because they just need a job and it's funny because they're just they don't really they're not hyped up about Disney and so they're just like oh it's just a place it's just a job and then there's people like me and you who I'm like if I gotta work I might as well enjoy it and you know you can have a churro after work and sit there and you're not normally when you go to Disneyland for me you get up at five in the morning you drive for three hours you got to make the most of that day because you saved up all year for that day, right? And you got to force all the kids on all the rides and everyone's exhausted and you go home <laughs> at midnight and then you still have to drive home. And it's, it's you know, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> but when you work there, you could just sit there, listen to the music, smell the smells, watch the people and kind of enjoy it a little bit more. So for the time being, it was perfect in my life, but I'm now, I now have a career. I just bought a house and Disney they pay minimum wage for chefs until you've worked there for a really long time. And I just don't have the time to spend there to keep moving up to make a living wage. I was, we, we talked to someone who worked uh, at animal kingdom and did the animal keeper stuff. And it kind of felt like it's really hard to get in and to, you know, get to those high levels. So it seems like that might be the case too in the culinary side. Yeah. Yeah, because most people are part-time workers. There's only a few golden ticket full-time workers oh. and they're going to hold on to that spot. And so until they leave, those spots are just aren't available. And so if you're part-time, you know, you don't get 
medical or anything like that, but you do get lots of tickets into Disneyland. You get lots of discounts um, over the holidays. They, you always get this really great package that has like extra tickets for you and your family, discounts on the food, discounts on the shopping. And then this, you get stuff like this because only cast members can go into the special property room where they have actual park merchandise that they no longer need and they auction it off to cast members so you can get pieces of the part. That's oh, wow. super cool. That's cool. I wanted, I did <laughs> want to mention this uh, to the listeners. So her setup is way cooler than Will and I's. And I'm like so <laughs> jealous right now. So she's got like a cute Chippendale nutcracker and her little name tag. And then she has a really cool sign behind it that says Disneyland private event. So what's the story on it? So this was just something that was in the property room. And I loved how it had like the retro Disney castle that I grew up with has the balloons. I mean, I love the Disney balloons. And even though it's an athletic celebration and it's not my private event, I made it mine. And so I just bid on it until I won. Um, I also got a shelf from, used to be in the Pinocchio restaurant when it was Pinocchio, I think now it's Beauty and the Beast. So I got a shelf that used to be in there. And it's just really cool because you can get if you really love Disney, this is why you work there because you just have all things Disney. You get to go, you can hear the music, you can take home pieces of the park. It's just amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, you're gonna, Kelly's gonna start applying at this point. I know, I will. <laughs> Do they have Haunted Mansion stuff? Yeah, um, I didn't see any Haunted Mansion stuff as far as the auctions. I did see a lot of stuff from parades, like, princess scepters and crowns really cool stuff oh. uh cinderella um carriage also they sell stuff extra stuff from the hotels so you can get really nice chairs and tables and stuff like that that are mickey themed but since you mentioned haunted mansion every year they do the chalk walk auction which benefits charities that are helping children and they usually auction off experiences only disney members can go so i auctioned and won a backstage tour of the haunted mansion after park hours and it was amazing <laughs> and you can only bring a cast member that's the only downside you get to bring one person but it was they have incredible stuff like that for indiana jones so yeah that is so cool <laughs> <laughs> and we got to go through once with the lights off once with the lights on really slow and you know they told us all the secrets it was just amazing dream come true and then because nobody else was there you know when you go into the stretching room they said we're going to give you a better experience lay down lay down on your back and then we got to watch it stretch from a different view and it was just so cool oh my god i have the most jealous envy of you i could have one i wish i was good at cooking and then two your life so <laughs> oh my god hey it's not too late you can still do it too god that is so neat do you have any secrets sorry i'm totally derailing as well do you have any secrets from that experience at the haunted mansion that you want to share hmm well i can tell you that around one of the corners before you go into the graveyard jack skeleton is stored there year-round in fact, all the stuff from the Christmas decorations are actually stored in the Haunted Mansion behind secret corners. Oh. Cool. That makes sense. It gives them like, I mean, they need to put it up anyways, you know, yeah. a quick, quick setup and quick uh, takedown. Uh, if you just keep it all in the same spot. Uh, it makes sense. They take. That's cool. Sometimes they take their sweet time to reopen. Too long, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, since I'm focusing on my favorite attraction, before I jump into interrogating you a little more, what is your favorite Disney attraction? 
It's got to be a tie up between Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Good choice. Those are the best, except Will doesn't agree, but it's okay. <laughs> what is Will like? Uh, probably Space Mountain, if I had to pick. Oh, well, Cars, actually, uh, and the Space Mountain's right there, too. Um, I do, I'm a big fan of Haunted Mansion. It's a great ride. Uh, Pirates is a little slow for me, if I'm being completely honest, but it's a controversial opinion that most people don't um, appreciate <laughs> that it comes from me, but that's okay. Um, we like to give them d- a hard time on here for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Pirates is slow, but it's a fantastic ride on a hot day when you need to cool down. It's long enough to cool down. But I think it's not so much for like the excitement other than that, you know, drop, that one little drop. It's more for like the smells and the songs. It's definitely an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think every time when it starts to do that drop, I'm like, I forgot there's a drop in here. And then it like kind of and then it's like, oh wait, it was just a tiny one. Never mind, we're good. So, that's probably why I don't like it. It's the anxiety. Um, I have a question though. Like, um, so we we had talked a little bit before about how like uh, cast members can really make the experience for um, guests as they come around. Obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about um, you know the attention to detail that goes into allergies, right? But is there anything else? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a plating thing, or maybe it's something else that you, in your experience, were able to like or encourage to help make a guest's day, um, whether it's you know while being in the kitchen or outside of it. Yes. So unfortunately, I didn't really get to interact with guests, and I do love doing customer service. I like mm. I like being with people. Um, but during training, I got to interact with guests a little bit. And what I noticed is uh, Disney really is all about the guests. And they they would tell stories about how you as an individual can make a world of difference in someone's life. And so they said, well, I was behind the scenes in the kitchen, but everybody who interacts with guests actually has the ability, I, I can't remember what it's called, if it's like a, a magic moment or something, but you can give out this special thing that only cast members have like a magic moment to guests who need it. So for example, uh, there was a little boy who didn't make it to the bathroom in time and he, he um, wet his clothes and you know, like how far did they travel and how much money did they save for the day to be ruined like that? And the cast member noticed that and said, you know what, I'm going to give you a whole new outfit on us and you just enjoy your day. And so cast members, I mean, obviously you can't do that all the time or the, you know, the park can't run, (laughs) but cast members can do special things. And we try to look for at least one thing each day, at least one guest each day that we can touch and make that day even more memorable, memorable for them. Oh, I love that. Do you, um, from your time working at Blue Bayou, or I'm sure you've made other chef friends that still might work there or worked there when you were there. Do you have any, um, crazy stories that you'd like to share or um, just like personal experience, you know, that a day that really meant a lot to you that you'd like to share? Sure. I did make a friend from Club 33, a chef named Frank, Frank Lemos. And we still talk today. And, and the funny thing is, okay, so (laughs) Club 33 is so exclusive that even the people who work there cannot get the merchandise. Oh, wow. And I said, well, I have a friend who's a member and I can get you, what do you want? He just wanted a pin. So I got him a pin and we've, he's been my friend ever since. And then he'll send me pictures of what he's plating. And, um, the thing about club 33 is their kitchen is even smaller. It's very tiny. So there's maybe three, four chefs in there. Oh, wow. And, and I've, 
yeah, I've had him come and do um, a demo for my class, for my students on plating and showing them what he can do. So you do make a lot of friends at Disney and there's special connections, but you kind of stay in your own little group. So I don't know right attendants. I just know chefs. Those are the sense. right people to know, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. As, so, as two people who love to eat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have been to club 33 she's ran club 33 years um had you gone before working there or was it an experience you got to do while working there it was an experience that I got to do while working there because working there and not being able to work at the club made me even more intent on I am getting in of course (laughs) and I just happened to have a friend who was a member and I didn't really like asking for things but he did offer to send me and my friends, you know, and, and you have to follow really strict guidelines so that you don't hurt their membership. And so I did get to go and it was just incredible. I like to say that club 33 is like Disneyland for your taste buds. Oh, if you eat at club 33, you're going to be there for about three hours. It's very slow and relaxed. You don't even realize three hours has passed and they bring out your food. The customer service is phenomenal. One of the waiters there told me that he used to serve Mrs. Disney. Walt never got to go into Club 33. He didn't. Um, do you know why Club 33 is a thing? Yeah, but, we, but we'd like to. Yeah, you can remind our guests or our, our listeners. <laughs> okay. So Walt Disney, he's, he's a genius. He's an amazing man. But he actually kept trying to put forth his vision of his movies and everything else that he thought of. And he kept failing. In fact, he went through a couple bankruptcies and Snow White was the turning point. Snow White was so popular and it was unexpected. So eventually he decided to do Disneyland, right? But he needed help doing that. And so there were 33 original contributors that helped fund the opening of Disney. So he wanted to make a special place for them to come be rewarded and relax. And hence Club 33 was created. But unfortunately, Walt uh, passed away before the club was finished. So Mrs. Disney would go and uh, enjoy it in his place. You know, I actually am really glad you did tell that story because in researching it a lot, they don't like to tell you why it's called Club 33. There's like different reasons. Like some people are like, it's just a random address. Like (laughs) the, you know, the cast members like don't like, aren't supposed to give you a real answer, but that's, you know, one of the fan theories. Uh, It sounds like it was confirmed. She's a Disney expert, (laughs) so I'm gonna take it. Yes, yes, that's definitely the reason. I think maybe you would be surprised. There's even uh, Disney employees who do not really know anything about Club 33. It's that secret. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I am curious, what, um, what is your favorite thing to eat at the parks? That's a good question. So I have to say, I'll, I'll go to Blue Bayou sometimes, but it is expensive and I have three kids. So it, it adds up, but the French market is my favorite place to eat because I feel like you get the most bang for your buck and I like a good deal. So, I, and when you go to Disneyland, it's not cheap, right? So you can either go to one restaurant and pay a lot of money for a little plate, or you can go to the French market and you get a nice big plate and it's around $10, give or take, right? And the food is phenomenal. I like to get the chicken and the potatoes and I always add on like a roll and you get green beans and then you can sit outside and the band is there playing. And it's just, and that's the thing about Disney. Disney is the only place you can go that is full immersion. 
it's the only full immersion experience where you smell what land you're in. You can only see what land you're in. You hear what land you're in. So all your senses are engaged. One, uh, one more question on the Disney food thing. I'm curious about like, so, so something that we've seen during the pandemic, since we're talking about that a little bit, is that uh, Disney did a, they started releasing some of their recipes, um, like here's how to make the churros or here's how to make uh, XYZ different treats. Uh, have you played around with any of that in your own home kitchens? Have you found that there, and if, even if not that, is there anything that um, you've picked up that you, you try to recreate in different areas uh, and anything easy that I can try to make? So the only thing I've made at home is the Dole Whip. And the Dole Whip is pretty simple. Okay. It's, you know, frozen pineapple and some cream and other stuff. So I would recommend doing the Dole Whip. But for me, food doesn't taste the same when you make it yourself. It always tastes better when someone else is making it, even when you're a chef. That's what That's, so I prefer. Every chef I know says that, that they hate cooking for themselves. They don't do it. But that they love to serve others. It's all about making the food for other people yes this is true and the feeling that you get when somebody when people love your food it's just so fulfilling so yeah it's funny because you'll be working with food all day you're on your feet you're rushing there's no time to stop and eat but you're not really hungry because you're smelling all the food and it it's just worth it to have everybody else enjoy it well I feel like I, the only like last Disney question I have is like I just wanted to know if there was any other were there, working at Disney in the kitchen, did you find that their guidelines were more strict than you learned in culinary school? Do you, did you feel like they were anything specific that was like a Disney standard or a Disney mentality or anything? I feel like I was very proud of Disney because they took people who had no culinary experience, but then they had their own. So out in the world, when you're a chef, you take a serve safe class and serve safe exams and you get serve safe certified and that's a college level certification but disney has their own version of serve safe and it's pretty much the same it's a little more simplified and, and quicker to go through you have a couple days to get through it um, but they do train everybody very well even just cooks who are not chefs and who don't have a lot of experience um but i gotta tell and and they follow all the serve safe guidelines everything's very safe everything's very clean we would spend a couple hours each night cleaning everything spotless and you don't leave until it's done and that's that's not done in every restaurant <laughs> if you watch kitchen nightmares you know that but i gotta tell you the recipes at disney are pretty secret nobody knows the full recipe uh unless i mean the head chefs do but even at blue bayou we had the monte cristo sandwiches and i said yes i finally get to see the recipe well the central kitchen which i don't even know where it is it's hidden somewhere central kitchen send some of the food partially done and then we finish it. So we would get the sandwiches already made and then we just fry it in the batter. And then uh, the kitchen is actually on the underground. And as you walk through to get to the Blue Bayou kitchen, the hallways are lined with all the sourdough bread that they serve in California Adventure. And it just smells like heaven. Ah, uh, That's amazing. I love that detail. I would like steal one <laughs> once a day. I would just like take a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing is the sourdough bread. <laughs> it's good. Um, okay, so my uh, we can wrap up after this if that's okay. Like I've got one kind of uh, question for you, and um, it is over the holiday, Kelly and I did a uh, dessert making competition. And 
I would like to have an actual chef judge based solely on the pictures. So I'm going to screen share with you and describe it. I've got it on, <laughs> in, I've got it pulled up on Instagram. Um, and so uh, can you see the, can you see the picture here? Yes. Okay. So Kelly, why don't you tell her what you made and then I'll show her what, what, what I made. Uh, I forget what the treat was called, but I made a funnel cake with powdered sugar and then I made the strawberries and put whipped cream and then I like made it sparkly with uh, silver and gold. Yes. And then nice. I, I made brownies <laughs> that were that had little frozen snowmen on it um, and like marshmallow things. Uh, one thing to note is that I did use no, my... No, you weren't uh, supposed... No, you're I cheating. You're I cheating. Used my, <laughs> I used my niece and, uh, and nephew to help me make them. Um, she's got a frozen shirt on too, uh, which is probably why mine is certainly better in how cute that they look. Um, so I, that, obviously no bias there in how I delivered that. Um, up to Chef Laura to judge no. uh, whose who's dessert reigns supreme. <laughs> So I have to say, plating wise, uh, Kelly is on point. She cut the strawberries the right way. Vertically is the most beautiful way. And she's showcasing the inside. Uh, it looks like there's a, a good amount of powdered sugar on the funnel cake. And the cream is nice and tall. So we want our food to be nice and tall because you eat with your eyes first. Now, as far as magic wise, <laughs> I have to go with Will on that because if you think about it, if your kids are at Disneyland, are they going to want the funnel cake? Maybe. Are they going to want a snowman? Yeah, look at those blue snowflakes on the snow. So it's kind of hard to pick one or the other. If I was going for something for my children, I would definitely go with the snowman. And the brownies look really moist. They don't look over dry. There's a good amount of ratio of frosting per brownie. But if I were getting something for me, I would prefer the beautiful strawberries that are showcased on that funnel cake. Yeah. Okay. That's a great answer. That you, was You crushed that. That was amazing. Uh <laughs> Will even tried to cheat there. He's like, I'm not going to. I thought he was going to tell you he made it with his his niece and nephew. And I, yeah, you, he, this, he's. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought about not telling you that I made it with my niece and nephew. But then I was like, this is going to look like a guy that really can't cook anything. <laughs> so I have to at least, you know, save a little bit of my reputation there. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for judging that. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, sure. the attention to detail on uh, analyzing those dishes. I, you're you're clearly so passionate about Disney and your work. And so you've just been such an incredible guest. It's been really awesome getting to know you and talk to you. I do have one. We always do last minute questions. And um Usually, it's geared towards me because we do a lot of the history of rides. Um, so I'm going to ask you this question. It's the end of the day. You're leaving Disneyland slash California Adventure. In this world, they both close at the same time. Um, all of the rides have a 10-minute wait. What do you go on? I'd have to say Matterhorn. Ooh, that's a surprise. Tell us why. I love Matterhorn. I, I like to see that scary, abominable snowman. And the new one is actually quite frightening compared to the old one. And you get to have like a fast, you know, go around and around, get your adrenaline up. There's a little bit of the abominable snowman. Is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. Anyway, and then it just smells really cool. The music is fun. It's nice and cold for, for a hot second there till you get out, assuming, I mean, California is pretty hot. And then once you get out, 
you have to walk past all the churro and popcorn machines. And so you get the nice smells too. And on your way out, since you're a chef, I'll add to my question. What is your last treat? Your last Disney treat? Definitely a churro. I mean, that's, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's the right answer, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the churro. Oh, so good. Well, they- um, I, is there anything you, you want to plug? I think I saw that you have some like, I, as I was looking around, like some instructional stuff on. I don't know if it's on YouTube or uh, is there anything that if people are interested in learning um, how you know they can how to cook from you, is there anything like that that uh, you'd want to want to advertise or let people look up about you? Sure. If people want to see what my students are doing, because they're amazing. Um, I do have an Instagram at Wasco High Culinary. It's Wasco is W-A-S-C-O. That's the city that I'm current. I commute. See, I like commuting. So I'm commuting <laughs> to Wasco. And then I do have a YouTube channel. I think it's just under my name, Laura Penalosa. I'm not like a multimedia teacher, so I'm not super fantastic at making videos but when the pandemic started i made a video on how to make your own yeast from scratch oh, cool. so i do have some yeah. videos that'll help you if you're in a, a bind and you you need to know how to cook things oh that's okay. awesome thank you well thank you so 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 much for coming it's been really awesome talking to you and hopefully one day we can all experience disney again <laughs> yeah if you ever need a ride buddy hit me up i'm down yes i love it that's perfect cool <laughs> so thank you so much chef laura penulosa for coming on and talking to us uh your passion for disney is magical i did enjoy uh when she first jumped into the zoom seeing her background and be like oh man we gotta step our background game up well, it's an audio sh- podcast, but we got to get that going. You know what's so hard is usually I'm totally Disney decked out, even when we weren't recording them. That's true. But my, you know, where I'm recording right now is so daggone cold. I feel like I'm always not in my Disney gear. I was, I immediately threw my hands up in the air and cheered when I saw her because I was like, yes, one of us, one of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks again, Chef Laura, for coming on. That was really fun. Um, and I, I really enjoyed getting to hear a little bit behind the scenes in the kitchen. So that was cool. That was super cool. And getting to hear even just little things that from working as a cast member, some of the perks and uh, experiences that she got to have and hearing about her culinary experience. So that was awesome. And now I'm hungry. Yeah. And um, if you're hungry and want to also judge our uh, dessert-making no, skills. we don't need uh, to go back to that. You can find us on social media at Slice of Disney on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. You can also email us to tell us how cute Will's uh, niece and nephew's Olaf's were, but not how cute his was, at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com and of course you can check us out on our website sliceofdisney.com where you can also check out our patreon and all of our fun perks our patreon family is growing and we couldn't be happier that's definitely true yeah we 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 super appreciate all the support that you guys have given us so far and you can find us on youtube 
uh, Slice of Disney podcast on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. We're having special content and vi- recorded videos that we are producing around some of these themed episodes, but it's all unique, so make sure to check it out there. Um, and as always, uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you do listen to podcasts and share it with some friends so we can keep kind of growing this Slice of Disney family. We're excited for everything to come, as always. And so look out for next week, because I'll be at Disney World. Okay, bye.